whether we're talking about business, wellness, travel, or relationships. I've always thought age is just a number. Welcome to Ageless with me, Cynthia Rowley, and my daughter, Kit Keenan. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Ageless. So as you guys know, this weekend is Mother's Day, and we wanted to do a little episode in honor of Mother's Day. Obviously, we're a mother-daughter podcast, and this podcast was started, our anniversary of two years is almost on Mother's Day, two years ago. So we wanted to do a little honorary episode. Obviously, I just want to preface this with we know that Mother's Day can be a super hard time for people who don't have a traditional relationship with their mom or people who have lost their mom, et cetera. So just recognizing that up front. But today we wanted to do a fun little lighthearted episode and I'm going to interview my mom today. So welcome to the show. <laughs> I'm excited. Mother's Day is Kind of my favorite holiday. Well, obviously, of the year. <laughs> because you just get to be honored for an entire day. What do you like better, Mother's Day or your birthday? Way Mother's Day. Okay. Way Mother's Day. I don't like my birthday. Okay. I try to pretend like it doesn't exist. But yeah. this is called ageless, so yeah, I shouldn't so, be worried about that. Yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. No, I just like I love Mother's Day because I have a great mom. My grandmother was amazing. And being a mom is, to me, the the best thing that's ever happened to me. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> yeah, we're pretty lucky over here, I will say. Okay, I think let's jump right in. I want to ask first, you mentioned grandma and great-grandma, but what was your relationship with grandma when you were growing up? And how do you think it's different also from ours? I think it's pretty different. I think that I grew up in a small town, so there wasn't anywhere to go. We did a lot. We were always doing fun things, but it wasn't uh, like a whirlwind childhood of stimulation and art and culture and everything like that. It was pretty small town existence. And then at a certain point, I guess when I was about 17, well, I remember my parents always saying that when you turn 18, you can do whatever you want. That was usually when I asked to do something that they didn't want me to do. They would always say, when you turn 18, you could do whatever you want. And so when I turned 18, I really started doing I whatever, whatever I, want. I wanted. Yeah. And they went along with it. And, you know, my parents let me drive cross country with a girlfriend multiple, multiple times with no cell phones, you know, in vintage cars and everything. You know, we were in very dangerous sometimes or precarious situations that, you know, my parents, I think, just decided that at a certain point I was on my own. And they were no longer responsible. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had signed a waiver that they no longer had responsibility for me. And so they let me really do what I want, which is different than how we are. I don't control anything that you do, but I know that you're safe, mm -hmm. you know, and I know 
pretty much where you are. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas well, I think there were long stretches. Yeah, exactly. There were long stretches where my parents, I'm sure, had no idea where I was, if I was alive or dead, you know, really. Yeah. It was just like that. Well, I think that is also like a part of being constantly on social media. Like you could just check my Instagram story if you didn't know where I was. Exactly. I wasn't like answering my phone. And if there's nothing on my Instagram story, I'm probably in trouble. Yeah. (laughs) When I was born, obviously we had a few years that it was just the two of us. What was that like for you? Because obviously you didn't plan on being a single mom right off the bat, but you were for a little bit. And obviously like you're so busy and stuff like that. So what was that like for you those first few years? I mean, I knew I wanted to have a child. So I was prepared to take on all the responsibility, but especially as a young, you know, as a, as a toddler, it's a lot, you're, I'm keeping you alive Mm -hmm. at at every turn, you know, it's like, it's not like you can say like, okay, order Uber Eats. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just not, you know, you really are, have to be completely on your game. So it was hard. It's hard to work and travel. And mostly I think you have to focus on your child and your, your you know, you, your child needs to know that it's not just your physical presence in the room. It's your emotional conviction to giving them the attention that they need. And I hope that did you feel that you were? Yeah. I mean, I, my memories, obviously I was only like four or something when daddy, AKA my stepdad for anyone who doesn't know came along. So I feel like for me, I don't really remember those years that much, but what I do remember of them is a lot of fun because I love being the center of attention. (laughs) And because you were so focused on like giving me that attention and there was no other distractions, obviously, besides work and stuff. But like when we were together, I just remember that like love and bond that we had and we still have, but like it grew out of that place, I feel like. I know. Actually, I think I'm I'm remembering you and Gigi now when you were younger, especially like you would be like, stop staring at me, mommy. <laughs> like, what are you looking at? And I would just be looking at you like in total awe and just being, feeling so lucky that I could have a kid, you know, and later too. And so I was, I think because I was older when I had you and, and Gigi, I was still like, so was so surprised and grateful and that it actually happened and I wanted it so badly. So I think that that's what made it easy for me to give you attention. But I did let you do kind of what you wanted, like Mm -hmm. wear a happy birthday tiara every single day for like a year or something or a princess tiara. You would think that because you're in fashion, like you would want your kids to dress a certain way. But when we were younger, we had utmost freedom over our wardrobes, probably to a fault because I... Because that's the only form of self-expression that you have as a as a little kid. Yeah, true. Very true. I wore pink camo 
pants like pretty much every day to first grade. I thought I was so cool. I wore a birthday crown for a year. Yeah, I had some poor clothing choices at that (laughs) age, but it's okay. Lots Um, of pink. But also, I think like a lot of people online compare me to Blair Waldorf, which honestly, to me, it's a compliment. I know she's kind of a mean girl. I don't think that I'm a mean girl, but I think people compare her to me because obviously her mom's in fashion, growing up in New York City, etc., And in that show, she's like always with her nanny, Dorota, and that is like basically her second mom. And for me, you just brought me everywhere as a child. I was included in everything. So I I didn't feel like I was distant from you, even though you were still like working full time and obviously like, and being so busy all the time and just running around, like I was there for a lot of that. I know your first day at work, you were three weeks old. I brought you to work. Jeez. (laughs) I didn't really, I think it was a a combination of naivete because I didn't really know that you weren't supposed to bring a kid to like a dinner party or something. Mm -hmm. And I would just be like, oh, don't mind her. She'll just be on the bed with all the coats sleeping or, you know, it just like, it didn't really dawn on me that maybe it wasn't as thoughtful or appropriate for, you know, the places I was going, but I just wanted you there. And I also didn't want you to be brought up in one of those. And I could, I could get it. I could get shamed for this, but I wasn't one of those moms that was like, I have to stay home because kid has to eat at a, at precisely 7 p.m. every night yeah. and, you know, be in bed by X. You know, it was, we never had that exact structure like that. Mm-hmm. I would make sure you were eating at a reasonable time, but it may be in a restaurant and then going to sleep on the banquette. Yeah. <laughs> I've slept on a lot of restaurant banquettes in New York. But yeah, I, I mean, I appreciate that style because I was able to like be with you more and allow you to still have your own life and like do your own thing, which I like is something that I, when I look especially at you and daddy's relationship now, like that is something that I know that I need to have with my partner is a fun life outside of my family, outside of just like my kids, like my hobbies on the side or like whatever we're doing on the weekends. Like I need to have a social life, a work life outside of just family. And I feel like you guys are able to share that like with the art and fashion connection, but you also like have your own things going for you. And so you like exist outside of your relationship and the family, which I think is so important. It's an interesting thing when I think People say, you know, I sacrificed everything for my kids. Mm-hmm. You didn't sacrifice everything. You built us up while building yourself up. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like I would, somehow like, that I would never idea of you. sacrificing everything for your kids causes resentment or I, I don't know what the... We need to have a therapist on to Yeah, I this. was going to say what the ramifications are, but... 
Like, I'm so happy that you didn't sacrifice everything because when I look at you now and your work and your social life and everything that you're doing, that is an example of passion and drive and success that I can look up to. And I don't feel like you had to sacrifice that to raise two incredible women. (laughs) (laughs) Self-proclaimed incredible women. Okay, well, I wanted to ask, kind of in line with me sleeping on every banquette in New York, if there's any funny stories that we haven't told on the podcast of me as a little kid. Okay, well, this this story might sum up Kit's personality all in one <laughs> I feel little like I know nutshell. what you're going to say. <laughs> you were five and a half when Gigi was born, and... We brought her home and she was sleeping in our room. And I remember you were so excited to have a baby sister and you we brought her home and and you would come and take a peek in. And after a few days, you said to me, Mommy, why is that baby still here? Because I felt my spotlight drifting (laughs) elsewhere. Exactly. And so it all came to a head one time when you came into the bedroom and you heard me. You were excited to see me and to see Gigi. And as you got closer, you heard me say, oh, how's my little princess Look at my little princess. And I was talking about Gigi. And I remember your steely look as you froze in your steps and gave me the hairiest eyeball, dirtiest look (laughs) ever from a five and a half year old. And you just spun around and stormed out of the bedroom like... (laughs) I'm the only princess in town. Why are you calling her your little princess? I'm the princess. Uh, I'm the uh, only princess. Literally nothing has changed. (laughs) Um, Maybe that's why I was so attached to the birthday crown, because I was like, no one's taking my crown. Ooh, that makes sense now. I'm glad we finally unraveled that mystery. Therapy breakthrough. Okay, next question What do you think you learned from me? Well, I remember a pretty distinct point in my life where when you become a mom, you think, oh, I have so much wisdom to impart on this child. And, you know, I can't wait to teach her everything and, you know, my wise ways, which you slowly realize it doesn't really work like that. But at a certain point, I remember, and it it was not that long ago, a few years ago, I realized, wait, this isn't me teaching you anything. This is me learning from you. And I remember a really distinct pivot point where I realized that you were better at diplomacy and you were better at expressing your feelings about things and maybe more of a realist than I am. And I think you're definitely more kind of level-headed about activities and things 
going on in our lives. Like I'll always go out on a limb and, you know, maybe stretch myself too thin. Is that what this is? Is that what mm-hmm. it is? Stretch yeah. myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I think that you'll always be the more sensible one in mm-hmm. those scenarios. And so constantly learning. What yeah. do you think? Yeah, I definitely think that I've taught you how to kind of check in with reality a little bit because <laughs> your your defense mechanism in life is just to be like hyper positive and for other it's my people, survival Yeah, mode. it's your survival mode. And for other people whose survival modes is not that, it can feel like really inauthentic sometimes. When somebody's just like always happy, always positive, like it's pouring outside and they're looking out the window being like, oh my God, a rainbow's coming. So that I think you've gotten a little bit better with because no one else in our family is like that. Can I clarify something though that I actually just realized this morning? Yeah. That I am that way or your perception of me Mm -hmm. is that way. Because when I'm with you, mm-hmm. I am excited and happy and positive. But like, you should be at work with me all day when I'm stressed out and like a total bitch to be around. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're, yeah. you're only seeing me when I'm happy to see you. Yeah. Or Gigi or daddy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, I am that way because... Wow, that's so interesting. Oh, my God. Breakthrough. Yeah. Breakthrough therapy moment. (laughs) Wow. Okay. That makes... I mean, that makes a lot more sense. That doesn't mean that you can't show up for us when we need you to come back to reality. But I do understand now where that comes from. Not only is it that, but it's also because you've obviously gone through a lot in your life and it's like you just wanting to get to the good parts of life because that's exactly. like what is worth living for, you know? But I also have realized that I used to try to fix everything and I used to want you to be as optimistic and positive yeah. as I am. And I'd be, and if I couldn't make that happen, I would feel like a failure. But now I've... <laughs> Is this too TMI? No, this is so good. No, but so now I realize, duh, everybody is their own person and you can't control their feelings and you can't, even if they're your, even if I'm your mom Mm -hmm. or vice versa, it's like you can't, everybody is their own person. They have to have their own feelings and they, and they uh, are entitled to that. And so- I think that maybe my pathological optimism survival mode might be as annoying as somebody's being bummed out and yeah, you know, negative about things. So I'm but sorry I don't about think, that. But I don't think like, I don't think I'm negative. I think I can deal with my emotions as they come up and like live in those feelings and then let them go. I don't think I'm negative. No, I'm realist. Yeah. You're realist. Yeah. Okay, next question. Yeah, let's move on from this therapy session. (laughs) Yeah, literally, (laughs) but that was good. I feel better. Do you think you parent Gigi differently from the way you parented me? Well, 
like I was saying, everyone is their own person. And Gigi is a very different person than you are, very different than me. And she's very headstrong, which I admire her her conviction with a lot of things. And she's also really emotional, which neither of us are that emotional, I feel We're like. We're just like cold hearted. You're no, you're a pathological <laughs> optimist. I'm a realist. But like just trying to remain steady the entire time. And Gigi is like so in touch with her emotions. Like she just lets them flow. Yeah. Lets them flow and lets them go. She's, I'm in awe of her. She's an amazing person. I know. But she's her own, she's her own person. And I am afraid of her sometimes. (laughs) Same. (laughs) But she's hilarious and funny and, um, how do I parent her differently? Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes I think she needs a, more discipline than you mm-hmm. did at that age. You at the, at the age she's at now, as a teen, I think you were totally different. So I didn't really need to set as many boundaries as she has mm-hmm. after her rager party Wait, tell them in about 2019, the right before. So <laughs> I went to go meet Bill in Paris for like two or three nights. Not a big deal. Set it up. Okay, Kit's going to be in charge. Gigi, I had one of her friend's parents bringing pizzas over because Friday night is when the kids hang out at our house. They were going to bring the pizzas, check in on everything, make sure all the kids were home by leaving here by 10 o'clock. It was all set up. Cut to, I get a call. There are about 100 kids here. The cops came. Oh, my God. There's a, the house is basically destroyed. Kit's very coveted. Vintage Gucci bag was stolen. Rare, guys. Rare. Very rare bag was stolen. With my Um, wallet and my ID in it. Yeah. And. I was. Oh, my God. There were about 200 white claw cans in garbage bags. Yeah. Under the stoop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, I was so furious. So furious that. I had my sister like pay me back in installments for the bag for like literally months after. Yeah, but the point was, I mean, I don't think she organized it, but it just got she just it let got it get there. Well, she it get, got she, out of control. Yeah. She thought she could handle it. It got out of control very fast and you know, from then on, I was like, okay, we got to set some boundaries here. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think she was ground. Oh, no. she. I didn't. I actually don't believe in grounding because then yeah, I, I don't happened. win because I'm stuck at home with you. Yeah. I don't <laughs> think then, I've ever been grounded. No, but I, I prefer hard labor. Yeah. She had to do laundry and dishes and yeah, she yeah. was on hard labor for a while. Yeah. And she paid you back and she. Yeah. No, she definitely. And she made up her debt. She'll never do it again. Yeah, she never will. Also, yeah, I feel like I was just as bad, but I just never, like, I covered my tracks all the time. And so 
I think I needed, I was more quiet about my being a rebel. Whereas Gigi, like, because she's so open with everything, she just, like, gets herself in trouble more. And that's why I think you you parent her differently because she just, like, doesn't, she can't keep it together with her breaking the rules sometimes. (laughs) Maybe she wants to get caught. Yeah, maybe. Um, Or maybe she just doesn't care. Wait, did you caught. did you ever get in trouble when you were a kid? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. You know, in a town where you have to make your own fun, it's no surprise that I got arrested in high school. My mom had to come in her flannel nightgown, I think, to the police station and get me out of jail. <laughs> My God. Wait, wait, wait. You need to, like, No, we don't need to okay. elaborate. okay. It was involved, it was, uh, yeah, it involved skinny dipping and in a public place. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. Let's leave it at that. Yeah, let's leave it right there. Well, yeah, I think those are all my questions for you. Do you have any questions for me? Any last thoughts? I just wonder, like, if you could imagine what you'll be like as a mom. yeah. And what you would do differently and what you would do the what you would do the same or yeah. I basically if you want to talk about how great a mom I am. Yeah, I will I will spend all day talking about how great of a mom you are, but and hyping you up all day. But I think I'm not one of those girls that like have always pictured I don't have a saved album on my Instagram with my engagement rings. Like, I don't know what I'm going to wear on my wedding day. I don't know how many kids I want. I do have a list of baby names, so just to, like, keep it in the bag, you know? Um, but I— Can you give us one? You know what I, name I heard for a girl recently? Yeah. So cute. Clyde. That is really cute. That is really cute. Somebody take that, guys. Well, I've always wanted to name my child Powers because that's my sister's last name, obviously my stepdad's last name, your last name now. And I've always felt like a little bit excluded from the squad. So I would want to. And also daddy has two girls with Gigi and I, so it's not like that name will be carried on from us. Mm. So I've always wanted to name, I honestly, either a son or a daughter, but probably a son Powers as their first name. That's cool. Yeah. But yeah, in terms of parenting, like I don't think that much about it, I guess just because like the model that you did where you were just like career, very career focused first and then had kids later on, like that's probably something that, I'm going to do just because that's how it was raised. It worked out really well for us. So like, that's what I'm planning on doing. I've also always said, but don't hold me to this, that I don't want to carry my own children. (laughs) If I can, I want to get a surrogate because I don't think I'm meant to be pregnant. I love to be impregnant. Yeah. A lot of people say that, but, but also a lot of people didn't have that experience and they don't say it because everyone else says it's great, you know? Yeah. Like, I think a lot of people secretly don't like it. 
And yet they don't talk about it because it's like so taboo. I love being pregnant. Childbirth, however. Trash. I don't, I don't think, <laughs> I think I blocked it out yeah. twice. Like yeah. I really, I don't, I, I don't know. It's hard. Yeah. It's rough. And people like glamorize it so much. Yeah. But. I, I guess I'm not, that's a whole different. Yeah, definitely a whole different topic. But. Yeah. I just think a lot of my mothering techniques are because I have a great mom that it was always there for me. She's funny. She's smart. She's like, she kind of is up for anything, even though she's 80. We took her to Machu Picchu and, you know, she really is, has that sort of ageless childlike quality, which I love. And you know, I think I'm the way I am as a mom a, a lot because of her. And she's the way she is because of my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And hopefully you'll be the way you are and Gigi will be, mm-hmm. be the way she is because hopefully your mom was Passed a good ex- yeah. example. Well, I mean, you can definitely break the cycle. It's not like you have to have an amazing relationship with your mom to have an amazing relationship with your kids. Definitely. But... I want to shout out grandma too, because she, she's amazing. And obviously she like raised you in such a way that was able to teach you how to raise us and you didn't have to do as much preparation and work and like dealing with trauma before having us, um, (laughs) that I think some people have definitely have to do before, like having kids, if they didn't have a great relationship with their mom. All that is to say, I remember when I was little, we used to read this picture book and one of the lines in it was, your mother is the the one one that that loves you the most. most. So if your relationship with your biological mom or your mom herself themselves doesn't look the way they do in movies and on TV, Majority of the time, that's sick because if you have someone in your life that loves you the most, we should celebrate them this weekend. So thank you guys for listening and we will see you soon. And thanks so much to Ginny Media for our audio production. All right. So I'm so happy that you guys got to listen to our stories today. As always, you can follow us on social media and keep up with our work and our crazy adventures. Then you can follow us on Instagram at Cynthia Rowley and at Kit Keenan. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 